1: We're going to talk a little bit what is going on, John. What is going on? We should be on our way home from San Francisco from game seven with that crappy night flight that we had booked. Um, and uh, we're not. Instead, we've been basketball free for several days. We had to watch Draymond Green, you know, make an ass of himself 8,000 times the victory parade today. And that's what we got. So, that's it parade done season over draft coming up on thursday offseason officially begins so we're gonna kind of do a little primer this is a, a offseason it's an i mean and bobby it's fast man i i, I don't understand the nba's thinking with this with the offseason this quick after the finals it just seems silly
0: well we gotta get ready for summer league we're just a couple weeks away I mean, but we gotta all of that it roster that's not the point make summer (laughs) league later make it in
1: august like give them some breathing we did enjoy
0: we did enjoy the august one last year
1: yeah no it's fine but beyond that just you know i mean just from a marketing standpoint give yourself time to build some content you know and some anticipation people are still debating whether jason tatum is a superstar you know and and and, uh (laughs) you know and and you know you know kind of just on finals you know detox here and you're already into the draft thankfully for the Celtics I mean I not thankfully but there's not much to think about here they only have one pick um so we're gonna break down a little bit of just kind of the off season and and everything that is expected and yeah we'll throw out some names and we'll we'll have some arguments and we'll have some laughs I'm sure um but quick breakdown pick number 53 they're a taxpayer for next year so you're looking at mid-level money uh, mid-level exception, uh, the taxpayer mid-level exception, six six seven million dollars And you've yep. got a couple of healthy TPEs, the, the biggest which is $17 million, Um, And that's your best shot at acquiring um, a talented player to kind of supplement what you have. And then there's always the blow it up, you know, crowd or do something bold or bold strokes sort of crowd. And so, you gotta make a lot of these decisions really quickly. The TPE expires soon-ish. You know, you know, It's a month, July 18th. So you've got a little bit of, you know, not not much time there. You gotta kinda really figure out what you're gonna do here. Uh, and you gotta figure it out fast. And that's always the downside of making it this deep as your off season is really short. So we'll start with you, Bobby. First, just final thoughts on uh, you know, uh on just the finals now that you've had a few days. Um um, just to kind of, you know, collect your thoughts, just your thoughts on the season, how it ended and, and, and just anything that was left over that we haven't fully discussed.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm coming at it toward more of an optimistic standpoint. I I think you achieved a lot this year. You built a foundation. You definitely put yourself in position to win it all. And you always want to take advantage of that because there is no promise you'll be back, especially you considering injuries or anything else that could pop up along the way here. Uh, so I get why people are coming at it with a heavy dose of disappointment, but I don't understand the rage or frustration thrown at this season. I, like, I just think you accomplished so much, especially uh, with your starters and building a rotation that effectively had the best starting lineup in the NBA when they were healthy, when they were rolling, progress across pretty much the top three lines of the roster here. So I'm very satisfied with where Jason Tatum is at. I'm sure we'll get into him, but he's the least of my concerns going forward, even if he is the headline disappointer coming out of the finals. Jalen Brown, I've been saying it for years, untradeable. I'm not messing with him at all. He's your window, unfortunately, given a two-year contract that he's on right now, but I think you have to play it out. There's really not a better second option that you could imagine right now, even given his limitations. This summer is going to be about Marcus Smart. And I think that's the conversation I'm willing to have if we're going to talk about something big happening with this roster. I've been willing to have the conversation with him in the past. Fortunately, the team didn't make that move in the midpoint of last season because I think he raised his game to another level that allowed them to make the run that they did there. But I don't think he got enough scrutiny for the finals, And we're back in this place with him where we're asking, is he the solution at point guard? Could you upgrade on him? And does he fit ideally not only on the court, but off the court next to the stars there? Is there a friction when things aren't going right between the stars on this team and him, his leadership position, and the ones that the Jays are trying to develop there? I'm willing to have the conversation. I just think it's a really difficult thing to upgrade. And you almost say, again, to go back to our conversation last summer, Be careful what you wish for, because both of us, John, would have said, Kyle Lowry, boom, done. Lonzo Ball, done. And you look at those two situations in Chicago and Miami and how they finished out there, and you wouldn't have been in a good spot with either of those players if it went the same way that it did in those locations. Marcus, by contrast, I think you kind of imagine a better season overall right until the very end. So we'll have this debate as we do every year with him. But uh, I think you got a great amount out of him this season. He won Defensive Player of the Year. I thought he took strides as a point guard when he was disciplined in that position. So I'm leaning more toward keeping him, but I'm willing to listen to anyone's uh, ideas when it comes to upgrading on him. Because how are you going to argue with the fact that ball handling and facilitation is a problem on this team after they just went turnover crazy through the postseason? Well, I have a hard time disputing that. There's a lot of
1: layers to that, and we'll get into it as uh, as well, because uh, I think you've got a. F- I think it's um, it's it's a problem that goes beyond just smart. Um, but uh, I'll address that. I just want to ask, just globally, your opinion is this team? And I want to get into smart for sure. Um, is this team close? Is this team a, a legitimate finals team in the sense of do you expect? <laughs> Meaning, Come like, on, no, meaning like, like you, we've seen teams get to the finals and think, hey, we've arrived. And then you see them finish seventh in the conference the following year or get eliminated in the first or second round. So nothing is guaranteed in this conference. The question being is like, do you view it as like, yeah, the Celtics were clearly the best team in the East and they're on the way up? Or it's a team that caught some breaks along the way you know uh some favorable matchups got got had some injury luck xyz and ended up there but it could have gone the other way because honestly you know which can't am in i'm in the they played they were playing great in the regular season and they caught some breaks along the way they could have lost in the second round of the bucks and then i think people would be having crazy conversations bobby they but they would have been having them for a month if they lost in the second round of the bucks saying you got to blow this up this team can't go anywhere all of that was smoke and mirrors blah 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 but they get there and you have different conversations, which is, can you just add a piece or two? And again, I, how, the one thing I've been pretty honest about from the get-go, right? I would judge them the same way if they lost to Milwaukee as if they as if they won the finals. Honestly, you're going to look at the roster and say, what do you need to do here? Can they get back? Are they legitimately this good? And so I still think you can have those questions. But what is your viewpoint? Did this team evolve? Have they arrived? Are they the favorite in the East? Are they the best team out there?
0: I think it's fair to call them number two because I won't argue with the Middleton point. You look at how that series went, and he probably would have flipped it. You now You don't know how the matchup shake out and how the Celtics would have played things differently if he was there, but Rob missed most of that series, and if you throw Middleton in it, certainly I think the Bucks have the edge. But you also smoked the Brooklyn team that I thought – People looked at as a contender coming into this season. You had the head and shoulders advantage over Miami, who was the one seed, if you're looking at it from saying, all right, the only reason this was close is because the Celtics had these major ball control issues that blew a few games for them there. So they are certainly in the upper echelon of this conference. I don't think they're far enough behind Milwaukee where you say, all right, there's a gap here that they can't bridge. Uh, they they'll be right there with them. They have good personnel to guard Milwaukee, as we saw there. And they went toe-to-toe with the guy who matters there, Giannis. And they solved him by the end of that series, effectively, by wearing him out. There was extra pressure on him because of the fact that Middleton wasn't there. But he still had a great array of, all, uh, of role players around him that Boston was able to shut out while containing him. And so this defense that I loved all year from the Celtics that did persist into the finals, I think Golden State averaged, what, 103 by the end of the series per game? with a great offense, you feel good about that being a four through the regular season, the identity of this team, a unit that's able to raise the level of its offense of the team's offense when they get out in transition and things like that and then you hope that you make some upgrades here and that guys improve individually enough to be able to raise the team's half court offensive abilities and so, I still believe in Tatum in that so sense. So
1: here in and so this is how I think I want to transition a little bit into the offseason this is where I think you're a little bit stuck and this is where you and I have been at loggerheads here in terms of roster construction. It, you know every time a name gets mentioned you know someone like you or someone, you know, lots of other people will be like, that guy can't defend, he's a liability. Fine. I understand that thinking, but also if they can't play offense, uh, that's a problem too. And so you lost because of your offense, not your defense. So now it becomes, what are you looking for? And what are the Celtics looking for in the off season? You know, and I'm going to use the Derek White example. I thought that Derek White, the concept behind Derek White was not, was flawed. Not that Derek White isn't good. Not that Derek White isn't a useful basketball player. I didn't understand them needing a defensive specialist who's not a true, who's a combo guard that neither handles the ball and runs the show, is not a shooter, and also just is more defense on a team that was so desperately starved for shooting. Didn't understand it then. I think they thought they'd get a little more out of him than they did. And since they didn't. Since in fact it went in the other direction, you could argue that it was a disaster because I think they were projecting more and they got less and they were like, crap, I didn't, that's not what I wanted out of this. So my point is if that's the type of is that the best player they thought they could acquire, or are they married to this Ime philosophy? Uh, and is it a shared philosophy with Brad of everyone plays defense, have no weaknesses out there, everything is switchable, uh, and that's what we want to do. And is that well, that got them where they went? Sure, but it also it, it 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 can only get you so far. And so the question is, is that going to be a problem? Like, is that going to be a thing where you're going to remove anybody? You know, you're gonna you're not even going to consider a small point guard that reminds you of Kemba, you know, uh, you know, because you, they're going to get hunted defensively or a Duncan Robinson, who if you wanted to absorb his contract per se to get a shooter that another team desperately wants to get off their roster, wouldn't even consider it because it's a defensive liability. Are you limiting yourself because you're married to the fact that everybody on, your fl- on the floor has to be able to play within this defensive concept? Are they willing to change everything that got them where they got uh, this year? Because if they don't, you're going to have a lot of the same. You might find people that fit the system, but you could end up with the same exact uh, problems at the end of the year when you just don't have enough uh, relief for Tatum and Brown, or enough shooting on the floor to space it, or enough uh, dynamic playmakers on offense who can uh, initiate, you know, initiate offense on their own. That's going to be an issue. So I, I'm really curious what type of player they're targeting.
0: Hey. I think those are two different conversations the two you bring up there because I wouldn't sacrifice what they're doing defensively by trading smart for a guy who's less of a defender, possibly more upside as an offensive player. I think they just did the opposite of that. And it was the biggest difference between the 21 and 22 teams. So I'm not going to take away defensive pieces from this team in search of offense. Like Rob, I almost look at him going into this offseason and say, he's just about untouchable because I think he's the engine that really drives this defense, the scheme that takes them to the next level and gives them that championship upside. So I'm not looking to move him at all I do think you have to look at more trade-off with Smart, but I'm not gonna trade Smart for Jalen Brunson per se, who I think would be a dramatically worse defender in that spot. And I don't think the upside you would get from be. But then it play. becomes
1: and again, if this is what I don't understand is the Golden State Warriors were playing lineups with how many weak defenders? The Golden State Warriors are the second best defense in basketball, had how many lineups with with multiple people on the floor who were not plus
0: defenders? Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, but they have a system that's kind of on a string. And I understand, but
1: that's the this point. Amazing is help defender and sh- green. You you should be able to do that as well. And if you've got you know someone like Rob back there to help clean up some of your messes, that's kind of the point. The Celtics' defense should be able to hide. Um, some offense, some defensive liabilities there. You're playing lineups with Curry and Poole out there, and not worried about getting getting killed. You know Clay, I know who was once an all world defender is certainly not the same thing that he was before. I mean he's more that he's more than capable, but he's not a lockdown guy anymore. But I mean there were lineups Golden State was playing um, with guys who were not absolute killer defenders because they recognized the need for offense, and they're your champs. And they're not only your champs, they're your champs with the second rated defense in the NBA, which would have undoubtedly been the first rated defense of the NBA if Draymond Green didn't miss half the season. So why can't this work for the Celtics? Why does everybody have to be a plus, plus, plus defender?
0: It it doesn't make sense to me. Because I think they're going to have a shorter rotation than Golden State does. They can't have have a shorter rotation
1: because you can't play Tatum and Brown 40 minutes a game or high 30s. They can't
0: get into the upper echelon of the tax like Golden State did. Like, there's just no way you're going to be able to match that level of depth. Now, you do have to get to like nine or 10 here, I think, but you're pretty limited in how you can get there. I'm not opposed to bringing on Robinson. And this is the second. It's not even the Robinson as much. Yeah. It's,
1: It's not even Robinson as I'm saying. I use him because one, he fits into the TPE, and two, he's exactly the type of player that is all offense, no defense, that immediately gets dismissed here because people, because the idea is that you have to be able to play defense play within the system. But so you're I'm not wondering. giving
0: up any of your defenders for him. So, I feel better about that because you could put him out there as one singular defender who you can hide. Because against most teams, Golden State's probably one of the exceptions offensively, you can hide one guy. And the Celtics did that with Pritchard and, you know, Neesmith for stretches this year. Uh, There's, I think you can get by with four great defenders, especially if Rob's on the floor, sort of in that green role, protecting the back end. Like, there's a security blanket there that I think you can get away with one guy. But if you're trading in a central core rotation guy, like, smart who's playing 36 minutes a game and you're bringing in a brunson and saying all right we're playing this guy 36 minutes a game that i think changes the fabric of your team and do you gain enough offensively Do you gain enough playmaking with a guy like that that it's gonna make up for the amount of defense you lose as a team because i don't think you're the number one defense anymore at that point if you're playing you're not but that's
1: there, there is where someone like Derek White all of a sudden becomes something uh, a, a different story because now you, do you do have confidence have a, in him stepping in. None, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, meaning, I have more confidence in him. Look, I have more confidence in his role on the team. If you had other someone else. There, If you had your offense defense sort of combo, you know, Um, and certainly if you let's say replaced smart with someone like a Brunson, um, you know, then, you know, you would have white for more of a defensive sort of minded lineup. You could play both together um, and you could hopefully find someone else who could come in, um, you know, as, as a more of a shooting type option who could play alongside white you know, what you'd want Pritchard to be, which you probably don't necessarily have in Pritchard. Um, But I mean, you're finding different combinations that work there. I just think you have a couple of problems roster construction-wise on this team right now. I do think having two elite wings as your two best players negates part of one when they're both on the floor, Um, where I do think from a roster perspective, you'd be better off if you had an elite, person at one position and an elite person at a different position. That's just one thing. So I think there's a little offset there between the Jays just – you know how many times do you see it's your turn, my turn? It just defaults into that sometimes because those are the types of players that they are. I think you have the same redundancy, obviously, with smart and white, um and that's a bit of a problem because it, it doesn't allow you to play different types of lineups. So it allows you to do the same thing, but the problem so this is, is, is yeah. you have a real tough time generating offense. So you don't have that like turbo button you can press when you want to kind of get. So Ema is trying and mixing and matching and trying to find different lineups. And really, at the end of the day, it's I just need tatum and or brown on the floor at almost all times if i want to have an offensive lineup out there and that's limiting uh because it puts such a heavy strain on those guys we want to take a quick pause tell you about our exclusive wagering partner bet online our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's stanley cup finals Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Once again, that's BetOnline.ag, promo code CLNS fifty for fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts.
0: Yeah, and I think w- when we talk about this real point guard conversation, which I hate, but after what happened, I'm willing to have. I don't think there's a guy out there. That there isn't. That's the, the problem. And there isn't. You know, be solving that problem forty minutes a night. The ball is going to be in Tatum's hands. I, that's the whole point of this: is that you want the ball in his hands a lot. So for I don't him to be able want to do it in his a hands lot, with a it. lot.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't like the offense when the ball is in Tatum's hands all the time. I really don't. I really do think you need – that's the problem. On this this
0: team, I have enough spacing, and that's where I was going with this. You need need to be able to generate better spacing with this team. And we saw them at their best when Grant was that guy that obviously died in the finals. If you can add some layers of spacing on this team where if they load up against Tatum, I think you're going to be a much more dynamic offense because that guy, whoever it is, is going to be shooting – wide open shots it's just as you said it's smart and white out there in crunch time taking those shots yeah. or it's grant now who are a little unsteady in that spot taking big shots at the end of games so can you find a guy and they've been looking for this since ray allen it felt it feels like that now that knee smith swapped and other guys haven't worked in that spot that wing shooter grant did a great job with it this year but i don't think he can handle it alone and log 30 35 minutes a night across a bunch of different lineups playing that role you need multiple guys that can do it I think and you need to be able to play versatile so my biggest yeah. my biggest thing that they need going into this offseason is a third wing they got to find a guy that can allow them to play three wings out there and be more versatile offensively while still playing the defensive system that they want to no yeah. not as much double big next year not as much grant now grant and rob Grant's still more of a big, I look at him, than a wing guy, even though his defense got much better this year. I want that third wing, and I think that's attainable.
1: Without knowing who these people are, things that I would do differently next year is go away from double big um, and you have to, uh, for Al's sake, for Al's sake. But the second thing I would do is I would stagger Tatum. I know Tatum and Brown are going to overlap quite a bit because they're your two best players. You're not going to play them 24 minutes each, but I would stagger their minutes more and try to surround them with shooters. Um, that's what
0: he may wanted to do. Remember he was talking about that earlier in the yeah. year. He was like, we want these guys to play together, but we're going to, you know, play them across different lineups too.
1: I would like to see them staggered more um, where it's no no doubt that you're the guy out there. But also when you when when defenses draw, you have to be able to make the defenses pay when they over when they when they uh, when they sell out to stop those guys. And they can't and they don't. Um, and this is where I think there's a bit of a problem is. Because those guys aren't necessarily playing off one another, it doesn't matter when they're both out there at the same time. Only one guy's got the ball in his hands and the defense is just watching that guy. And that's about it. And that's and then they can leave almost everybody else open except for the other guy. (laughs) So, I mean, there's just not it doesn't really help you um the way that the roster is constructed right now. The burden is really heavy on those guys. And I don't want the ball in their hands a lot. They should not be making plays. And the reason they're making so many plays or the reason they're asked to make so many plays is I think you have to look at the way Eme handled things this year and, and think They're not just doing whatever they want out there. He does not want the ball in Smart's hands that much. Um, So I really question whether or not Eme believes truly that Marcus Smart is the guy for this team. Um, I think he recognizes he's the best guy he's got, but I don't think. I mean, he's not the he's not the guy with the ball in his hands in crunch time.
0: No, because again, I think they want to run an offense that loads up against the pressure that Tatum and Brown draw and then get the ball out and create all the movement from there. And that's when we saw them at their best. And they certainly reached a level this year where they were assisting on like 70% of their, shots during the postseason and made magic happen. You can show a bunch of different plays through that run where the ball is just whooping all over the place. I think it's underrated the progress that they made in terms of running that kind of offense. Now of that lead into turnovers at times Were there times where they just need to take more advantage of their shooting, particularly in the final. I, I run don't, I,
1: I don't understand wanting to play with pace and also wanting to run the offense through Tatum uh, unless Tatum gets a lobotomy or unless Tatum somebody just friggin' just shoots him up with energy drinks prior to the game you're going to get what you're going to get which is walking the ball up the court and or getting the ball in the half court and then just stopping and settling it down and it's just not I know you might want one thing but you're not getting that thing if you're running the offense through Tatum.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. And he improved at it through courses of the year. Probably went back the other way later in the playoffs. Uh, but again, are you going to change the identity of this team when it's it's Tatum's team and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot? I think there's probably some ways to counteract that mildly. But one thing, if we're looking at all the options here this offseason, I don't think there's anything you can do unless you really want to dream big with the Bradley Beal thing which we've talked about for a year and a half now that changes the identity of this team unless you're willing to part with smart rob and go a lot thinner and build around three stars which just doesn't seem to be the way that didn't we just anymore.
1: determine that's not the solution
0: yeah here, here is the solution okay and this was um you know
1: this was in um you know uh there's two options here okay the most obvious option is uh spend your way out of this, okay? And as best you can. Don't be. Afraid and they have a of good th- chance to do that. Don't be afraid of the tax. If they weren't afraid of the tax this year, and you and I talked about it, and had figured out a way to maybe not have dumped Wancho earlier, to maybe have been able to hold on to Richardson and still acquire White, having moved different money around there, not been afraid to go into the tax, you know, as they clearly were. The fact that the fact that everybody hit their bonuses when they went to the finals, and the Celtics still avoided the tax, makes it perfectly clear that Wick told wick made it clear to brad no tax period this year unless we win the title <laughs> no matter what I, and 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 i want you to cross all your t's and dot all your i's and make sure all those bonuses even if they come through we're not because it isn't just paying the tax it was the 12 to 13 million dollar non-tax team check that non-tax teams were getting at the end of the year and wick wanted that which makes it easier once you get that to spend into the tax this year. So I understand the thinking, but I mean, again, you see a team like Golden State, $89 million over the tax, you're never gonna be that here. But if you've capped yourself at like eight or nine or 10 million, you're also gonna be seriously restricting what you can and can't do. And the only way for this team to improve as currently constituted is to spend way into the tax. At the very least, you're hoping they use both the mid-level and the TPE. And according to Brian Robb at Live, front office has been cleared to significantly expand teams' payroll heading into next year. What significantly means, obviously, is that's a subjective term. But if this is true, this at least opens up what is most likely the best avenue for this team to improve, which is keep the core – spend as much as you can within your means to build around what you have. And that's by using the TPE and using the the taxpayer mid-level and acquire a couple of players that way. And, and that's that, that's what you're going to get. And that will allow you hopefully uh, to get guys who can come in and be your sixth and seventh guys or seventh and eighth guys and, and fill whatever needs that you think are your most important needs there. That's without making a trade. I think that's the most plausible, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't think there's guys out there that are going to necessarily solve major issues on this team. But the important thing is you're building a championship contender years into the future here is to maintain a salary slot. So that TP expires on July 18th. You want to keep as much of that on your books as yes. you can so it doesn't go away. Because that you plus pay,
1: smart or that plus white can get you to a max player with other assets, theoretically. And so you need those. You you want those.
0: Uh, you want that on why, your cap. This is why Robinson's a really good option here because he fills almost all of that slot at $16.9 million. He's signed for multiple seasons here, and it doesn't seem like the Heat want him. So you could effectively acquire him as a dump for nothing. If the Heat are trying to do for, something s- for else. a
1: second rounder or something, or yeah. you know, a conditional first or something. Uh, you know, a few. Years so you may down not the road. love
0: Robinson. He might not be even. A factor on this team, but, but it doesn't matter. That salary thought filled. Yeah.
1: Right. It doesn't matter because it's not our money. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that. that's the point is fans don't care about the tax unless it's hindering your ability to build a team. Really? It's just money and it's rich guys money. So nobody gives a crap about that. You want them to spend it. So yes, you absolutely want to hold that. That was kind of my thought about signing Fournier. Just hold the money, you know, just hold, go be expensive. Resign him even if you don't need him, but just have that salary, you know, uh, to hang on to. that. Well, would... that's
0: the downside of if you ended up with Fournier and it becomes bad money, you're like, uh uh-uh, uh, there's nothing you can do with this. And that's kind of where you are with Tice now, right? And you, I know you don't. It might be where you situation. are with White if,
1: if something doesn't change too. And I don't know if he's yeah. somebody you can trade. So, yes, it all could be bad money and you could be saddled with it. And the, the reality is, it is but oh, you it have is. no
0: choice because that deadline's looming and it's like, but what it's are you gonna or, do with this?
1: But it's that right. or nothing. That's the point. You'd rather to 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 you and me, or to the fan, it's two players you don't love, but it doesn't hinder your flexibility to do anything because you either have that money or you don't have that money uh, so yeah. in reality is exactly
0: what the warriors did to get, even if
1: they're in. bad contracts, you might, you can offload them in a couple of years as expirings and they still have value. Um, so there's no downside to using that full TPE outside of Wix wallet.
0: Yeah. And you are kind of in a tricky spot tax wise right now. Cause as it stands, you're 8 million over the tax line. That's about 12 million in tax. And if you go across that, the, the, Increase in terms of uh, penalties does increase pretty drastically. So you had 17 for Robinson that's potentially you know almost three times that value. Um, and then you know from there, if you had a mid-level guy, it could be over three times that value. So you know are you looking at like a 40, 50 million dollar tax bill alone? I think they can cover that after years of not paying it here. And if you want to invest in a team that keeps Tatum and Brown around for years to come, plus you'll get some relief with Horford next year, you would think. I I think now is definitely the time to secure that flexibility into the future and get two guys that might be able to help you. Like There's a world where Robinson helps you next year, and a mid-level guy will definitely help you to some degree.
1: And it's not – we're not married to Robinson here. We're just – it's an easy name that fits in the TPE that fills a need that, you know, another team isn't really interested in. We're not saying seeing Will Barton's that. another one. I think using it is the most imp- being having the flexibility to use it is the most important thing. Ideally, you'd bring in a guy who wasn't tied for three, three years longer, you know, who you're not sure what their value is going to be. But, yes, finding a way to use it is fine. the The problem is the better the player. The deeper you have to go into your vault of draft picks, which means realistically to get somebody good for that TPE, you're going to have to give a couple of first round picks. which That's is the gonna... point. If
0: you're doing like a herder, like what do you offer for a herder? You know, or nothing. a Barton or, a, you know, going down the list here, other guys that have real value. Kyle Kuzma like that. Those kind of guys are almost unattainable because you don't have much to offer. Josh, You have nothing Hart. to offer. Yeah. Kelly Olenek even. I don't even think you could go get Olenek right now. So, right. So. The good thing about Robinson, even though he has a lot of downfalls and he's very expensive, is he's free. Um, so, yeah, like, that's what you're looking for there. Is just to maintain as much of that salary slot as you can and pay as little as you can. Because I don't think you want to offload a first. Of you know, what would it be at this point? A 2024 first? If you were getting after the a draft, you can trade next guys. After the oh, draft, okay, you can so trade next available. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, trade so. it. You just can't trade it now. Yeah. So I don't think you want to do that, even though I'm in favor of stacking those up and moving them if it's the right kind of guy. There just isn't the right kind of guy that's available to you right now. And this is the tricky thing. Like, there's, There's nothing out there that I think just dramatically changes your roster. And you can dream of bigger moves, but I just don't think they're realistic. I mean, we started off the show talking about Brunson. You realistically can't do that because you're hard capped at 151 and you're at 151 right now. So there's really no way you can hard cap this team next year and fall under that unless you make dramatic cuts to the edge of the roster. So if you're going to make a big change to this roster, you're going to get a lot thinner. And we saw what this team looked like when they were very thin late in the years. We just talked about it. I think you want to be deeper. I think you want to be more versatile. I think you're good with one and two options being Tatum out, And smart as a third is that playmaking scoring hybrid there. Like it's, it's not perfect. But nothing in the league's perfect. You look at a lot well, of rosters the around is, the league right now. it's like every team has flaws. He, yes, it's just yours is a really <laughs> frustrating one.
1: The, and here's the two arguments being had simultaneously. Okay, because it's fair. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my you know little bag. I do not right. like Tatum. I do not like Tatum and Brown as your. Clip <laughs> no. that right there. We'll, we'll no, meaning, that. I do not like your two best players both being wing players. I don't think it's an ideal roster construction place. I would rather than Tatum and Brown, I would rather it be one of those two and an absolute elite you know, playmaking point guard or an elite For big. Small? No, meaning like what if if there was John Morant and, and Brown or John Morant and Tatum, I'd feel better about it than the two wings. That's all I'm saying. A, a, a player of their caliber in their class at a different position, I would like that better. But can you acquire something like that? It'd be very difficult. So that's a hard thing to do. I would like a point guard. Absent of that, I would like a point guard who is more of a playmaker, an initiator, and a creator than Marcus Smart is. And... I don't know that you can get that. So those are the two conversations is I wish Marcus Smart was somebody different or somebody who could do more offensively and more creative and more dynamic. And I wish the two best players weren't both wing players. I would like it if they were staggered, but you'd have to be, you'd have to make massive blow up moves in order to move this around with no guarantee that you would necessarily get better, so it'd be some really bold strokes um unless you have Intel behind the scenes that you're worried Brown's not going to resign in a couple of years because you know he wants to be the alpha behind Tatum, then you have to start having those conversations but thing that bothers me the most is anytime you suggest trading one guy, well, who's it going to be for or what do you mean you don't like him? No it's not that you don't like him I'm saying. All things being equal, if you could move this around, that would be something that I would I think would be worth doing. I would rather move those guys around, have them at different positions, have a different type of point guard who can initiate the offense. I think the team sorely, desperately needs that. And absent of moving, uh, absent of moving Tatum or Brown, you're not going to get the guy who you think is an upgrade over Smart. So you can't ask for it unless you're willing to pay that price. So. That Those are the two conversations. People want things, but you can't have them unless you do something really drastic. If you could wave a magic wand and move all the pieces around and reset building around one of those guys, yeah, maybe you would think about doing it. But it's a lot of moving parts. It'd be very difficult. You'd have to find a willing team. It would have to work out. Um, And even then, you're not sure it would necessarily work out. Uh, Great. But again, that's kind of where we're at with this. I'm not saying do crazy things. I'm saying you could run it back with this core. Make a couple of improvements and that's the best you're going to get. And at the end of their season, realize, crap, I still don't think that's good enough. And then recognize that you probably do need to do something drastic and it, or not. Or maybe you it puts you over the hump.
0: And you might have time and flexibility to do it later. It doesn't have to be now necessarily. And that's the good part about adding salary and maintaining your future assets there, whether it's that first next year and all the first in years after that. That's a good thing about that's why I talked about my brown
1: for DeJounte Murray, brown for Halliburton, not just straight up, but I talked about those players ascending with other pieces coming in trading to a city that's not going to be able to acquire a star and, and adding more to your team. I think that would have benefited them to have done something like that. And it's not an anti Jalen thing. Um, And in fact, to be perfectly honest, if you had to pick Jalen or Jason going forward, I actually lean more Jalen despite the fact if anyone's watched the show all year, the amount of heat we've given them the beginning of the year, I really thought Jalen might overtake Tatum as the alpha on this team. And I still think it's possible that he does. Um, But, I don't think he will as long as the team still thinks Tatum is the number one guy because they're putting the ball in his hands all the time. And it's very clear that they think that he's, he's the man, but I would have, I would have absolutely considered doing something along those lines.
0: Yeah. And we can say, we can do what ifs about a lot of different routes. They could have gone even with smart, Uh, but in the end they rolled with it and they made the finals and you can say, if this happened, this happens, they don't, but they did. And I think that shows that, This plan that they're on right now has at least a certain level of a floor that you can build on if you make the right moves from here. The tough part, I think, and this was still my biggest takeaway from the finals that I wrote about for Boston Sports Journal this week, is that the depth of this team really failed you. And if I'm going to, I haven't agreed with much that you've said tonight, John, but the Derek White, the Derek White thing, like I can't, I was so excited for it. And I thought there was so much possibility from that move now and into the future. I thought it might even allow you to trade smart at that deadline, but none of it panned out. Like I, nothing about that move worked. Like you got some mild benefits of it from his presence and his approach, but nothing distinctly about him. I thought made this team significantly better. And, I'm not sure what it's going to look like for him in coming years here on this roster. Like what kind of things is he going to do? What kind of ability does he give this team? Is he going to improve all that much? The way they used him wasn't great. And what he gave them was very tentative and unencouraging for much of his time. He had a nice little run in the East finals there. His shooting was dreadful, like worse than you could have imagined. So, I don't know what's going to become of him. I'm worried about the depth of this team more than anything. Is Grant going to continue to ascend or does he fall back a little bit from that 42% mark? Pritchard, I think you lose. I don't think there's much upside there at this point. And I think this team's actually going to be looking to replace a lot of what Pritchard and yeah. East Smith uh, uh, bring so, to the table at those spots. So
1: that's my thing. You got to get deeper. I, Bobby, I said this and everyone got mad. Like you got mad during the year when I said this. I was like, what. This, In the simplest terms, what's the team's most likely objective this offseason? That's to find two guys to play in front of Grant and Pritchard, okay? That's what I said. Uh, that that's probably the most likely thing. What they're desperately looking for is two guys who are better than Grant and Pritchard to eat more minutes and really be your seventh and eighth guys, be able to go 10 deep using those guys, but not be depending on them for, you know, scoring or the only three point threat on the team or 18 to 25 minutes a night. That's just a role. That's I think beyond what you want from those guys. You want 13, 14, 15, 16, 18 minutes on a night, certain nights you might go up to 20 if there's a hot hand situation, but you're desperately looking for guys who are going to play in front of them, not behind them. You're not looking for the ninth and 10th guys on the roster. You're looking for your sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth sort of guys. And again, we always talk about like a Jay Crowder type is exactly what this team needs. And I know that's hard to say that he's a starting player on one of the best teams in, in basketball. So that would be a dream. But I mean, a three and D sort of guy is what you need. Those aren't and Grant all, was that for the whole regular season. I know, and but they, don't, but they don't grow on trees. Those guys. So you got to Grant was the closest thing they had on the roster, and he absolutely uh played well and and uh, and beyond expectations. But they're still looking for better than that because I think they recognize what Grant is. I think a name that gets thrown around is PJ Tucker. Again, he's 125 years old. So again, at yeah. some point,
0: that's going to 2017. Expire. I would have loved that.
1: Yeah that's going to expire but you watched him do exactly the type of stuff you would like to have somebody come in off your bench and do um to you you see him locking up and making life hard on Jason Tatum who's first team all NBA shit even 90 percent of that would be valuable on the celtics um next season so sure yeah that's a mid-level sort of guy you know who might want to sign with a ready-made contending team why not you know like i would i would roll the dice on that i think that's that's about as good as you could possibly expect out of that mid-level or you're getting a specialist somebody who does one thing and one thing only you know and that might be a shooter or something and who can't play a lick of defense
0: well yeah you got to think of the chemistry here too and it's not like I have a full read on how Tucker would fit on on this team, but they did go down that path of bringing this badass guy who's going to take no crap and teach these guys how to win. His name was Tristan Thompson, and that didn't go too well. So I'm looking for more skill. I'm looking for more on-court production that can help the team here rather than anything intangible or another guy looking to lead with his own brand here i think the leadership on this team even though if you don't feel great about it is hopefully going to improve here the maturity internally is going to grow and i don't think you need to bring in anyone outside who's going to try to shake up the room
1: so there is a lot of that's the thing is there's a lot of wishful thinking um you know which is projecting things that you can't possibly project, which is continued improvement for Tatum and Brown to a, to a point where they not just re they, that they take that they level up again, you know? And I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I do think maturity naturally, you're going to, you know, do that, but you're talking about guys who are a year or two, you know, short of their prime, but really years, five, six, seven, that's kind of where you're going to, that's the player you are. And I think, you're going to pick up some savvy and you're going to pick up some other stuff, but I don't think you're leveling up really beyond that, that point. So I, I think looking so far ahead and thinking they're just going to get better and better and better. I think you're nearing the top of the, of the, of the, of the summit here. I think you're nearing it. And, and so I, people have to be realistic with that is will they get better? Most likely. Uh, is it assured?
0: Definitely not, not, not to well, Tatum a Tatum did just go from no team at all to first team i understand that but i mean again you know you look at his numbers
1: across the board and they're fairly similar so sometimes that has to do with the competition you're looking at john moran who probably makes it who fell out you're looking at that weird oddity with Jokic and Embiid both canceling each other out as two of the best players you're talking about a year where paul george kawhi leonard dame lillard didn't play anthony davis didn't play so i mean there's a lot of like high pedigree guys who are easily in the top 10 mold who didn't play at all this year or had their, their seasons cut way short. Um, And, 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 and to really say that, yeah, he's established himself there. I don't think that he was that hugely different a player year over year than he was last year. I didn't think he should have. I think he should have made one of the teams last year. And I think he made first team this year because he deserved it and it was close and he might've been a second teamer and I wouldn't have lost my mind over that either, but I think he's a close to the same guy. So again, incremental change. Is there a leap? Possibly. You're asking you can him with see him.
0: Can he, yeah. You're asking with him. Can he get into the top five? Can he level up? That we, yeah. <laughs> that we were talking about when he was at his best this year. And I think right now, he's not quite there and he's going to have to take that leap to get into that. He's got to level up it,
1: or he's, or he's Paul George, who's a phenomenal player. Like he's in that stratosphere. He's in that level, which is awesome. That's still an yeah. amazing player. If you told me you could draft that player and have him for 15 years, you'd be like, yes. So again, it's not a disappointment to not be Kawhi Leonard. Um,
0: it's if not, you have the help, you can win a championship. It's
1: not, it's not, an insult to Jason Tatum to say that to say he's Paul George and not Kawhi Leonard that's a great friggin' player um yeah. is he your alpha and the guy that you necessarily build around I don't know you need a really good team around that person that has a lot of different pieces and components it's harder uh but again Especially
0: right now and again I think we still gloss over this this team's defense I believe Brown has more
1: levels up than Tatum that's my opinion when we talk about the well that's two, great because I do believe Brown actually has a little bit more room for growth. Um, and I don't know why I think that, and it just might be my opinion, but we've seen him go. He's covered. he's He's gone. Tatum's been really good from the get-go. You could argue almost, you could argue just offensively. He's been close to the same guy for three years. He was- But didn't he improve more than Brown this year? I don't so Brown took a step back because his handle got sloppy as hell, and I don't know what happened because I felt he had cleaned it up the year before. So Brown yeah. Bra- without that, it, 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 Brown was really hurt. But we saw Brown level up twice last year and once the year before. And and look at times like he was one of the better players in the league. I it's there. I just don't know how to
0: access it. With Tatum, I think you've, you've got to seen- embrace that growth, Tatum. Sought out. And, I again, I'm not saying Brown didn't seek it out because he was in the film room with Ime during the winter when the COVID stuff was happening and everything. And he got that winter run there at point guard for the month or so. But that's what he's going to have to go through and the team's going to have to embrace. And they tried it last year. They just weren't successful at doing the same stuff playmaking-wise with Brown that Tatum did. If you want him to take that leap, he's going to have to do it, as frustrating as it's going to be. uh,
1: But the difference between those guys is Brown has – Significantly better athleticism, and honestly, you might argue a better shooter, um, as well. And so, Tatum has to get in the lab a little bit uh, this year to, to figure some stuff out because that handle's not great. He's not getting by people off the dribble. And really his strength is in kind of being able to hit those really tough shots. My biggest problem with Tatum Either is those how,
0: handles are great. Yeah.
1: They're not. My biggest problem, with the thing is though Brown is so athletic, he can get easy buckets. My biggest problem with Tatum is every shot is a challenge for him. He does not he gets so few easy baskets. There's not a lot of superstars that can't count on a few easy buckets. Tatum can count on very few easy buckets. He has to work for hard. The degree of difficulty on a lot of his shots, even the ones around the rim, I mean, he's horrible around the rim for an elite player. Um, you know, there's not a lot of high scoring players um, who do that, and you can see that in his true shooting percentage and other things like that is he's, he' he, he, the, he just doesn't make enough shots. Um, Because he takes tough shots, he doesn't
0: get enough gimmies. Um, It's going to take them some time to get better at what they need to get at here, which isn't just ball control and making the right reads, which I think were the two initial steps here. See, I people say stuff like this.
1: Which statistics show that Tatum is a better shooter than Brown? Show me the stats. Brown is better. No, it's close, and it's not. Brown is Brown is a better shooter. Brown is a better. uh, He's better from two. By a, a significant margin. Yeah, and I think even,
0: Tatum's better from three. Brown's better from two. Maybe
1: I mean, Brad, they're in the same conversation from three in terms of their percentages right now. The last not, again, we got our
0: count for the pressure they receive. Tatum's substantially more pressure, uh, double teams, blitzes, all that different kind of stuff than Brown receives. He's the beneficiary. Again, of you're of that.
1: talking about either you build a Phoenix, you build a Phoenix team that has stuff everywhere without a top five player, but with a couple of excellent players and then hope that gets you there and it didn't for Phoenix two years in a row or you have faith that Tatum is legitimately ascending to that top five player role and can be that monster that can carry you on his own
0: well let's talk Rob because the difference between Phoenix and Boston is you did lock up Rob at what, 14 million? And Phoenix is going to lose Aiton because he's up to 30 million. So that was a really good move, a really important move. But the question you're asking there is, can you count on his health year in and year out? Because I think we both agree that if Rob's Rob makes the leaps he could potentially make here and stays healthy, he's got a championship over the next
1: couple years. And so when you look internally, again, I honestly believe Tatum is at or close to his ceiling. I think he could get stronger again And I think if he does, he'll finish through contact and you'll see those easy buckets. That'll be the thing. Everyone is like, he got too strong. I'm sorry. He's still not strong enough. It's not
0: even close. Oh, Oh, man. He went back to so many bad habits in the playoffs, avoiding contact. Avoiding high was
1: he got everyone's. He got too big. It affected his shot. No, he needs to be much stronger, much stronger for the type of player he is he has to recognize he's not that shake and bake wiggle guy who's going to be beating guys off the dribble he's got to be strong he's got to go up and over people into people get to the free throw line and then shoot just shoot over them that's it he is weak he's he needs to be much stronger much 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 stronger
0: that's the that, key for him and
1: that will that will that will improve him because i do think like i said athletically he's not an athletic freak so he needs that strength.
0: The great guys uh, in this league either overpower people yes. or their skill takes them to another Luca, level. <laughs> I Luca, don't think Tatum's look skill is ever
1: good. jaw, yeah. you know like their freakish athleticism, Lucas skill is off the charts or a
0: You know like you don't have a he's lot gotta of He's got to be more who, like a yeah. He's got to be a
1: little bit more forceful.
0: Yep. Yeah. Cuz the stars are, I mean, they will their way. If you, if Tatum was going to win those finals, it was going to be through willing his way through Green at the rim and overpowering those double teams to into the lane and scoring at the basket. I mean, if he put let's say 75% of the makeable misses at the rim in, probably would have been a completely different series. Completely different. But he just wasn't forceful enough in the interior. Yeah. And it so, felt like the physicality and everything he faced caught up to him mentally by the end of it.
1: So He's still playing a little bit of AAU college ball with just kind of getting guys on a string and just like, you know, the he's just back. playing in the park, you know, step back sort of stuff and let me take this guy to school. And honestly, like the level, the reality is if you, if you went through the numbers and you looked at it, when he's guarded by elite wing defenders with, or uh, elite athletes, elite wing athlete type guys who are long, they he can't get by those guys they 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 keep him in front of them um and you know he doesn't can't necessarily shoot up and over them either because they play I him mean, so Wiggins
0: close. dominated him women's eight ate, ate him died. alive
1: uh, and yeah. because Tatum couldn't shoot over him either because Wiggins was playing him so close he could get he could get up and contest those stepbacks because he was right on right in his face so reality is you, you can't be an elite player and a one-on-one type player and get locked up you know by really good guys or when teams throw you know uh, doubles at you you have to be able you have to be good enough to fight through that stuff so Tatum can get there but he has to keep evolving I think Brown like I said as I I, you know I've always thought he's a frustrating player to watch but just the physical tools are there and when he gets on when he gets on those roles you just want to
0: harness that you know bottle I know but we know what prevents it it's the fact that he can't control the ball, and and he's you know, got to get there. man that position. So yeah. they're both dealing with flaws that I think accentuate each other's struggles. Whether it's Tatum's difficulty getting the ball out of crowds no. and such, or Brown's ability to not play point and let Tatum get off the ball, like they both need to improve in those weakness areas for each other to reach a new level here. And I thought they both took steps. They certainly started passing to each other and screening for each other, and all these little things we look for throughout the year. Uh, But right now, Tatum, as you say, the forcefulness has to improve. Uh, His ability to be active off the ball definitely needs to improve. But he's got to be able to trust the guys around him to playmake. And that's where we get back to smart. You know, do they uh, trust him in that role? And the big men that I think they need to utilize much more, making reads. And then just... I think empowering teammates throughout the four games, making teammates better. That's probably like the third step for them to achieve. And, yeah. you know, they did a good job at spots with grant, but that was more of grant hitting everything he took from three this year. So, so th- those are all going to be important areas for both of them.
1: So again, I, I just want to be clear. Cause I, I see a comment like this. This is not a Tatum overreaction. It, it really is. Exa- I mean, and, and Bobby can attest to this based off of a lot of our uh, chats, you know, behind the scenes,
0: I, you know,
1: I, I, I have some concern, you know, <laughs> I really do. You're concerned,
0: oh. John, if they stay the same. If they're yeah. adamant about reaching new levels as players, this is going to go well here because they're both young and they both have enough years left together, I think, to see this through. Yeah. And, but if they stay the same and they're satisfied with who they are and they think, oh, this is good enough, I'm, I'm who I am, it's not going to end well. Because I just don't think you can improve the roster enough around them for these guys, who they are, to win you a championship. It's pretty close because of the defense, but offensively you saw there was a lot to be desired out of this group. So uh, this is all. We can talk about free agents all day long. We can talk about the TP all night long. You can dream a deal if you really want to. But no matter what they do, it's going to be about these two reaching a new level. It's
1: 100% in terms of two things will they reach that level do you believe that they will reach that level and do you believe that they are intent on staying here together to see it all the way through and this do you is have where, any other again, choice the Celtics who the Celtics their only choice is to look to
0: deal one of the two in a blockbuster <laughs> trade I, I, how can you do that though right after you make the finals Oh, is Brad going to come out tomorrow and be like, we're looking to move? It's
1: not likely, but I mean, again, we're not, again, this is where people kind of get the uh, conversation wrong. It's not a matter of trading a guy because you don't like him. It's trading a guy because you think the team might be better with another player as good as them who does different things. That's it. It's not that complicated. You'd have to
0: have some incredible foresight. I mean, you'd have to go back in time effectively and say, all right, we're going to get Murray and he's going to become what he became. And, we're going to get, a, who you know, like Ja when he first got drafted. And even that would have probably been a reach utilizing Brown back. I mean, then, I mean like we're,
1: we're saying you'd need tremendous foresight. And like, you know, Indiana just did it. <laughs> you know, they traded an established all-star player, you know, for a guy <laughs> who they thought is going to become an all-star. And I said at the moment of that trade, the best player who just went in that deal was Halliburton,
0: you know? It's easier like, to do it when you're out of the playoffs, though. It is. When you no, question. The finals. no question. No question. Yeah, so and so, bonus, again, not as good of a player. Again, this is if you want
1: to be bold. You have to decide, do you want the two of them together? And are are you content building the roster around them? And the answer is, more likely than not, that's the direction they're going to go. In which case, you have your very boring options of adding TPE and mid-level exception, run it back, and hope the improvement comes from within which is very reasonable take and most likely what's going to happen, or you start to get a little bit crafty and you start talking about, you start having the next conversation, which is the Marcus conversation, Uh, or the Marcus and Rob conversation, or do you roll those guys up into a third star sort of thing? That's the next level. The the craziest one is, you know, splitting these two guys up, which when you say that people lose their minds, that's the least likely thing to happen. But when you say it's this guy's uh, you, you know, this is off the table and that guy's what I think you should. I don't believe anyone's untouchable, but realistically they're keeping these guys
0: and they're trying to build around them. I I think what you do is you make these edge of the roster improvements. We talk about the draft this weekend, uh, the MLE and TP moves, you carry it in the next year and see where it brings you. If, if you're really having big offensive struggles, if it's not working with smart, I know you're not necessarily in a position of strength then, but I don't think you're in a position now where you can get ahead and make that Brown move you're talking about or make that move that upgrade smart. You can dream about a lot of different guys, and the grass might look greener at that spot right now. But again, like Brogdon, I wouldn't trade smart for Brogdon right now. You can't do the Brunson thing. You can't do most free agents now from a sign-and-trade perspective. You can really only do a TP that's not going to cost you any of those things, or an MLE, which you, you can't get those high level free agents, but you might be able to get an extra wing here that makes you just a little bit more versatile. So, this is all going to have to happen internally here. There's no quick fix. If something drastic has to change, I think you have the ability to do it later. That Beale thing's going to be there. I don't think Beale's moving this summer anyway. It's hard to me for me to imagine him passing up to $250 million there and, and making a big move right now. There's really no upside yeah. to it. So sign that. He's tradable at the deadline or whenever that deadline passes or next summer, and then you can maybe reassess it then. Because, look, I mean, Vegas thinks you're the favorites to get him. I think there's a lot of reasons you could potentially get him. It's just about if it makes sense for you, if it makes sense for him, and there's the pieces in place to do it at that time. Right now I say no. You ride this defense. You ride this internal improvement. Yeah, you try to get better along the edges and set yourself up for stuff down the line. And you feel good about what you just did last year and the
1: coach. And I think that's the safest move. I think it's the most likely move. I when I say do other stuff, I don't say I'm saying I don't think it's off the table simply because you reached the NBA finals. I think there are ways to improve your team that could involve things that nobody would ever think of or discuss. And I think it's okay to think about them or discuss them realistically, though, the smartest thing to do is run it back and then try to build around them and then pr- and then hope for that internal growth. And again, of course, you're going to hope for internal growth from Tatum, who's 24, from Brown, who's 25, from Rob, who needs to get himself in shape and get himself healthy. There's You've got enough young guys here that you think, I think, I still think there's so another- Let's love- say, I, yeah. I mean, I think we both realistically improve. So before I, I we do- we
0: before right, we do, ahead. I
1: want I want everyone to make sure that they remain calm here because I yes. know when we talk about things like you know when we mention Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and people get I'm not advocating trading Brown or Tatum I'm advocating the idea of exploring all options necessary to potentially improve your roster which could include splitting up the Jays if you thought that that was going to make you better nobody is off limits nobody is untouchable here this there's not only one way for this team to win. That being said, I don't see it happening. Uh, but we do want to talk about calm because um, you know we don't want to get too worked up here. Uh, heading into the office, we're supposed to relax, Bobby. Right? We just worked hard. Playoffs lasted what, like three months? We're
0: trying, yeah. But uh, uh, man, we're trying to catch up on this draft stuff right now, and it is not easy.
1: No, it's we got a lot coming up. We've got this. We got Brad Stevens addressing the
0: media. Uh, on, I can't uh, wait for that because Brad doesn't usually say something, but he'll usually like set a theme that makes you think about what he's, you know, he
1: may definitively say something along the lines of like, none of these guys are going anywhere. You know, like we've got our guys here and just double down on stuff. So you could see that. But as far as calm is concerned, we just want to tell you, um you know, if you, if you've been watching this podcast, you know, this podcast this this show uh, you, you know, that one of our sponsors throughout the basketball season is uh, calm.com number one, uh, you know, uh, mental wellness app. Uh, I know trying something new is intimidating meditation, something you've heard about. You don't know exactly how to get into it. This is super easy. Just go check out calm, um, you know, great way to relax your body, get your mind, right. You know, morning rituals, it can change your day, evening rituals, might even be more important. Okay. The way you wind down and the way you get your mind right before bedtime uh, and calm can really help you do that. Uh, Stop your mind from racing and your thoughts from drifting and you just drift off to sleep naturally. So again, uh, it's a sleep aid. It's a wellness app. It's got great stuff like, uh, you know, uh, breathing exercises and uh, guided meditations and curated music tracks, uh, imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. Uh, A lot of great stuff that can really like i said help you relax help you get to bed at night uh several members of the garden report use it sherrod blakeley's a big user of com.com com. yep uh jimmy toscano com.com com. he can't get enough of it so again go to com.com slash garden you get a special offer 40 percent off a com premium subscription i know you'll say things like oh i can find this on the web trust me Having all of this in one place, the way that it's laid out on this app is going to make things so much easier for your, for you or for yourself. Just try it. Um, check it out. At least go to the website. Check it out. Uh, 40% off a premium subscription. Once again, go to com slash garden. So let's get into the, um, you were about to say here on the off season.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you derailed me. Uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you this because we both generally agree. Yeah. That this yeah, is the best Brown's, one, right. That Brown and Tatum probably aren't going anywhere, even right. if you think it might be an outlet or a possibility. Again, it's
1: in a dream world, I wish yeah. the two best players didn't play the same position. I don't know how you move one or the other and make yourself better automatically. Yeah.
0: So let's say that they're both staying put. How would you address the smart situation right below it? Because that's certainly one I think there'll be a little bit more consideration for on Boston's side looking at improving
1: so just given I, how it ended. So again, I would make I, I I think Marcus was really hurt. I think Marcus was playing great basketball. I think Marcus was one of the reasons they turned things around. I still think they need more than that from that position offensively in order to make life better on the Jays. I think the Derek white thing, when they brought him in, one of the things both EMA and Brad said is he's going to make life easier on the Jays. That did not happen. He was not the facilitator. They hoped that he, that, it, uh, that he was going to be. And worse when he was on the court has sagged so far off of him, because his shot was so bad. It actually put more pressure on the Jays. It cluttered up their space. It was a disaster. So white did not help. Um, in the way that they thought he would help. Uh, and the point was they were trying to get smart, some help there and it didn't work. Um, so you run it back and you hope that you get the best version of Marcus throughout and recognize that's the best you're going to get. You're keeping him look. I never say trade for this. I'm not a get rid of that guy, guy. I'm not (laughs) like, it's stupid. And I'm not a, in the same way, I'm not a, this guy's an untradeable guy, guy, because that's also stupid. I would trade anybody, anybody. And I would also keep anybody if the, if, if what was being offered in return is garbage. So it's, Everyone says, go get that playmaking point guard. Who it's not easy, it's not out there. You know, you have to find somebody that would want what you have anyway. I'll it's give you so- a name.
0: Saturansky. Bring oh, him God. in. A couple years overdue. Nobody wants <laughs> He's a this free guy. agent. Look,
1: like <laughs> with everything, realistically, you're I tweeted this earlier too. I caught some heat, but you know, the three Celtics, the three biggest needs of the offseason, sadly, Bobby, are um number one uh um somebody to a wing player to
0: take a little bit of stress I agree. off to James. i got a name there so auto porter junior oh fine for
1: sure that's it's someone in that vein hundred percent so a wing player like that absolutely number one need number two and three needs are sadly finding guys who can do what you thought Derek White and Daniel Tice were going to do when you traded for them.
0: And that sucks. Especially Tice. And that's a tough one because you can't – And I'm putting them both in not. that
1: bucket because you thought White was going to do certain things for you, and he didn't. He did some things for you. He's not a horrible basketball player. He didn't do the things he was expected to do here at all.
0: Oh, I'm saying Satterance, he's going to Spain. Crap. Yeah.
1: He did not <laughs> do the things you expected him to do at all. Um, and then the Tice thing is – he, uh, it was very clear that he may found him to be flat out unplayable. So he was supposed to be your
0: big relief. There. You don't think he could be rejuvenated in the regular season. Maybe, though. maybe he, looked- he needs to be cause he's stuck and you're in trouble there. If you can't play him at all ever, cause so he's here for two more years at 9 million
1: between those two. That's, I mean, two years for Tice, three years for white and an average average of 26, 27 million per year over the next two plus, um, having given up a first-round pick, a future swap, Richardson, which w- <laughs> would have been an expiring contract this year, and a player of value that hanging on to him wouldn't have been all that bad, and whatever Romeo doesn't matter. But you gave up assets, and you've you've got 27 million tied up to guys that right now you're not really sure what their roles are, and you're going out there looking for guys to do kind of what you wanted them to do. You should not be looking for a backup point guard right now if you if you acquired Derek White. You shouldn't, uh, but you are.
0: And that sucks. And you might not be able to because of the fact that you have them, you know, because you don't have the so that's a problem. level, you know, if you the- want to go after a Tyus Jones. And I see, I'm see, seeing so many names flying up and down the chat. You got to be realistic here and say, all right, free agency, the max you can offer a guy is $6 million. And that's probably not going to be able to get a TJ Warren or a Tyus no. Jones or some of these high-end guys you can think about here. So you got to – Keep your expectations low, I think, not to mention Sexton and Brunson, who would have to come via sign and trade, which is just impossible right now, unless you're moving out tons of salary. But I think you need to keep your expectations low. You got to keep an eye on that TP list, guys that could potentially come in via that route. Uh, So That's all you can really do here. And again, when you're looking at internal, that does include White and Tice, John. Like, they're going to have to raise their games next year. They're going to have to become more of the parts of the solution to this, or they're in trouble. Because I don't think you can effectively move either of those guys or improve on them. You could move them, but it'd be a dump, right? Like, I don't think anyone sees value in White right now based on how he played. No, no one sees how you entice right now. Certainly, no. So, uh, so you're
1: you're stuck with those guys, and the problem is you actually need guys to do what they're supposed to do. Um, so you, the fact that you're looking for a backup point guard after you acquired White, and you're looking for big man depth after you signed after you acquired Tice for two more years at nine million per is bad. And and so you're going to question whether or not those were horrible trades, you know,
0: uh, uh, mid season. I'll say. You know, I mean, it'll I, become very obvious very fast. I think I everyone's it, willing to look at it and say, wait and see, but.
1: I said it during the year. Brad had a great preseason and a really bad middle of the season. And again, um, you know, I I just it's not that white is awful. It's that the team had different needs and you didn't address them. And now you still have those needs. Now you need shooting. You need a backup point guard, white, uh, white. White provided neither. You need big man depth and Tice didn't provide that. Um, and you're still short a wing player. So you need all of these things, which is a little bit frustrating um, there. Where are you
0: at on uh, the Pritchard Neesmith types?
1: So I'm all out on Neesmith. I think, I I think, um, you know, and I heard, I, you know, I, I, you've said this before. I really do think that, um, you know, listening to Neesmith talk was almost sad. Like, You know, I'm a phenomenal shooter. I lost my confidence. What what do you need to do back to the drawing board? You don't want to hear a guy talking about going back to the drawing board in year three or taking a break when you're a third-year player. You don't want to hear a guy not sure whether he wants to go to Vegas and work out some of the kinks. He should absolutely be going to Vegas, but I understand working with a shooting coach and doing some other stuff like Grant did this past summer might be something that would work for Neesmith as well, so I don't care. I think we might overdo – he dominated at Vegas last year and he looked great and we were very happy thinking that he he might have more confidence, but the reality is I, I, the game moves too freaking fast for him. And so I, it's, I don't know how you fix that. It's not a mechanical thing. You know, if this is a guy, this it's even, it's actually even worse if Pritchard's telling us, I mean, if uh, Neesmith is telling us that he's, knocking down 90% of his threes in practice and then looks horrible in a game. Cause that shows you that it's not a mechanical issue. He just, fuck, he just can't play in a game. He just can't play at the NBA level. And it just might be too fast for him. This is the type of guy who honestly, after next year, if he doesn't show improvements, he might be in Europe. Um, He might be gone. He might be. And I think
0: the thing we forget too, is they got to decide and I guess it's actually this fall, but they got to decide on a 6 million this year before he even plays a game again. Yeah. So you got to see something that makes you think you're going to invest in him next season, 2024, that is. And, and, and I see comments like
1: this, Bobby. you and I, I was, I was so heavy on this bandwagon, especially last year. And it wasn't because I had faith in Neesmith. I just wanted to see... Him play.
0: Thank God they didn't go that route, by the way, right?
1: (laughs) I know, but last, no, a year ago, I just wanted to, in what I said was a lost season, I wanted to see just give him some run. And I honestly would have liked to see some run this year because I thought the stuff you wanted to acquire, you wouldn't be able to acquire. And you had to see whether you had it here first. And yes, there's a world in which Naismith possibly had his confidence shattered by brad and Ime by being jerked around the last two years absolutely possible (laughs) coaches do that to players and maybe there is something there and maybe the celtics are doing a really bad job at developing it and unlocking it i'll leave open that possibility what we've seen i see a player that cannot keep up with the speed of the nba it moves too fast for him but there's a world in which these guys have done him no favors. Um, and, and maybe he's much better than we give him credit for. I don't know. I'll, I'm, I'm open to that possibility.
0: Unfortunately, you haven't seen enough of it. I think he got a little better at defense, but every time you put him in, he couldn't dream of making a shot. And they were almost all wide open. So he's running out of time fast. And I wouldn't behoove the Celtics, if, or blame the Celtics rather, if they move on at this point. Because again, you have to make the decision on 24 now. If he's not going to Summer League, if there's really no way to gauge whether he's going to help you going forward, it might make sense to throw him into some deal and try to get a more experienced player at that spot because you're going to do that anyway, right? You're not going to rely on Smith going into this season. And and If if he shows up and helps you, great, but they're going to look to replace him almost immediately, don't you think? Yeah,
1: and I will will ban people from the chat if you keep saying Yamadar or Juan Bejaran um those guys can't play they can't even play overseas they can't play they can't play at that level they're not coming here to play guys. i won't
0: rule out yam this is room firm Juwan, he's too young i think Juwan like couldn't juan got dominated uh, in the league he played in this. he Paris, cannot play yeah
1: he cannot play not not yet guys take it let's yeah them a
0: solution certainly no and uh, as for thursday I think you're probably going to be going in a similar direction at 53 to A, a draft and stash. Yeah.
1: Cause you can't, what are you going to do? Bring a guy in here? I mean, they're good. they yeah. have roster space this time last they year. Do, I don't think they had roster space. They do. And if you see a guy who's like, yeah, you know, let's give it a shot. I know it's a joke. Kibram. for some people, some people are dead serious. There's a lot of people in this chat who think Yam is the, is the answer there's people here who legit think he's better than Marcus smart right now um <laughs> wishful thinking uh, it's great it, it's always nice to think that like what if when the, what if that guy comes over and he's awesome they're not they're not awesome sorry guys
0: um, I don't think it's ever happened have has a guy like that ever come over and made massive waves after being stashed not that I know of um
1: anyway uh so yeah we have that on Thursday I know you mentioned um you know uh you know we didn't get deep you know you, you asked martin the marcus question i'll answer it outright you know i don't know what goes on behind the scenes bobby like what's your vibe you're spent time with the team obviously a lot in the second half of the season um you know i don't know what what's happening there i do question how much Ime loves marcus as a player just based off of the responsibility that he kind of gives him, um, you know, I Marcus has multiple times thrown out comments of like, well, if I had the ball more, you know, and I feel like that's kind of like little pokes there, you know, so there's, I think they recognize it's an imperfect marriage, but they made it work. Um, I think that's the best way I can describe. I think Marcus. smart, really.
0: I think smart more than anyone else made it work by reeling his game back in Setting ample screens right through the finals, I thought his off-ball activity was really good. Uh, his decision-making improved until late. I, I, I still don't know what happened in the finals. Maybe he chalked it up to injury or something else. Still such a strange series from him. He shot well in the second half of the year, and he won Defensive Player of the Year. So all in all, you take all that, and I thought he handled you would incredibly well. He always wants to do a little more. I still I think, think he's best suited
1: as a sixth man and a closer. Um,
0: yeah. You know? I think sometimes the Jays could trust him a little bit more. Cause again, I think good things happen when he touches the ball. Uh, but I think when they get in really stressful situations, like the finals, he does try to do a little too much and everybody's got their flaws. I think that's his, but the good is much better than the bad at this point in his career. Uh, so, I I, get, I think people have this thing in their head where uh, this point guard who's this maestro passer comes in and solves everything and he's on the ball all the time and it's like Rondo in 08. And that just isn't the way the league is anymore. It's not the way this team's going to play no, no matter who it is. And whoever it is, like let's say it's Ricky Rubio, that player has so many flaws in their own right that so it's going to be a problem keeping That's them on the floor. That's not what you want
1: at all. That, uh, it's not. That's the problem is... Yeah, there isn't that guy out there, that wizard. What I will say is where people get, again, I think get the smart assessment slightly wrong, is they look at him and they're like, oh, he'll make a pass. And they're like, oh, people told me he's not a point guard. There's more, as you said, there's more to the point guard position in the modern NBA than that. It's when we talk, everyone thinks playmaking means only passing. Playmaking means can you make plays all over the floor With the type of offensive player that you are. And that means get by people off the dribble, you know, get to the basket, get your own, get your own things, create shots, pull up, do things where there's gravity around you that you draw defensive attention and create space for people because they have to worry about all the things. And even though he's
0: not great at those things, he thinks the game that way. And so he thinks it, but he's not great at it.
1: Right. He wants to be that guy, he's not that guy. And I think when he tries to be that guy is when he gets into you know some of his worst tendencies. Of course, he's. Not, I mean, look, all everybody the NBA can shoot in some degree and can pass. So, and please don't take to Twitter every time Smart has an assist. Um, and and uh, I do
0: love his passing. And I think and and, and say,
1: look, he's a real point guard. Yeah, he's an absolutely uh, a better passer than most people on the team. But again, you're talking about guys when they have the ball in their hands, they create you know, and they do different things. I mean, your modern point guards are who? Ja, Luca, Trey, Dame, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're multiple score. They're multiple threat guys. You know, it's not just, you know, oh, they only pass the ball
0: ball right now. I mean, you, you're essentially trying to make him one of those guys and a a six, nine frame with length and finishing ability and, all the different things to pressure defense from that spot. You just need to improve at the reads and everything else that goes into that side of the game. So right. even though I know you don't love him being on the ball all the time, I get where they're trying to go with that. I get the whole process that they're looking at here. It's just that Marcus sometimes fits awkwardly into it. There's probably a world where you could upgrade his position here, but let's not forget. So it's a the trickle reason- down. A big reason they're where they're at is because they flipped offense into defense, solidified yes. the full starting lineup defense, and you have a and point probably can hid five. and
1: probably hid some of the offensive issues because I do think we fell in love with like <laughs> oh their offense is third rated or second rated over the last. Uh, the reality is, you know, Marcus. Again, I don't know how much better you know. There's two problems. I don't because he's not a spacer, you know. Um, and you're, you know, I mean, fine, his shot improved over the second half of the year, but. You know, he's one of those guys that the other teams want to shoot the ball. And so his presence out there is always going to draw more attention to the Jays. And the fact that they don't trust him running the offense entirely on his own puts the ball in in Jalen and Jason's hands and makes them primary ball handlers and then makes Marcus what? a spacer and a not great shooter like it's a weird fit
0: you know that's you where it gets a, awkward with them and that's what it, made white's addition so devastating is because he basically became a worse version of smart him a worse spot.
1: version of that so now he's not running it he's not setting up for those guys the defense isn't paying attention or, or not only that they want the ball to swing to those guys, so they're going to leave them there. They're going to crowd the, you know, crowd the That's other guys always been
0: Boston's head. issue. Yeah. Every, and, it's and like so every postseason, That's run, where it, so it, hurts like it ends is, that way. Yeah. So
1: you have to look at Smart, not just for the things he does when he does it, but you, because he is who he is and the fact that they won't let him just run the show, it creates a situation where he's that. He's the other guy also when he's on the court, which is the guy who doesn't have the ball in his hands. Who's really just a spot up shooter when Tatum and Brown have the ball and are trying to create on their own facing double teams and not being great ball handlers or great passers themselves. And it really mucks up, you know, really kind of mucks up the engine a little bit. So when you talk about moving on from smart or having somebody who can do different things, it's that it's not that smart can't pass the basketball. So again, there's no reason to tweet every single assist and be like, look, it's more than that. It's a, you know, it's, and, and it's, it's a goofy fit.
0: Yeah. And I don't think his value is enough to upgrade on him, which is important. And no, you he's, want va- him there. he's
1: more valuable to you than he is to other people. for the most part, especially
0: now that you have this five man starting lineup that just smash teams. And yeah. there's a world where if you're fully healthy with those five guys on the court, uh, you're beating teams by big enough margins where you're not in crunch time a lot of the time and what's going to be important to making this roster deeper and diversifying yourself and especially bench guys improving like white and grant is to have more options in crunch time uh, to not have to necessarily go to white and smart every time or uh you know even have smart on the ball all the time in crunch time like as you said six man I don't think you can get back to that world, but in 2019, when you had that roster, there probably would have been games where Smart wasn't, wasn't on the floor if it all worked out. So does Robinson come in and make himself an and, option in those spots or yeah. Porter, one of those wings? Yeah. It, there's not a lot of avenues now to making yourself deeper and more versatile, but you put yourself in the right direction if you make a few, few good decisions this yeah. offseason. Not to mention bringing in some good young guys that have some upside and you feel good about playing and developing, a Couple more th- possible
1: couple more things I want to hit on before we go. The number one, we've thrown it out a bit. I know it's getting traction, so I just want your quick thought on Bradley Beal. Um, You know, it's not, it's not, let's not have the conversation about whether it's realistic. If it's realistic, it's because Beal, desperately wants to come here um and he says i really only want to go to boston make it work which means you unload every draft pick going into your future and you probably have to give up smart rob a whole bunch of different things and anything you can to make the deal work so you're going to empty the cupboard completely and basically have a super team that has three players and then you want to worry about bench depth you'll have none of it you'll be g leaguers the rest of the way you'll be sam Hausering it like for legitimate 15 to 20 minutes a game um and some people actually want to see that. But I, I, thought, we, I thought we were past this, Bobby. I thought, I thought this year proved the three superstar thing isn't a thing. I, I know people are getting – people will say, like, oh, you're bashing Tatum and that's an overreaction to the finals. No, I think that's just an assessment of the type of player he is, the type of player he needs to be for them to kind of get to that next level or, you know, get over the hump. I, I think the Beal thing is a, is a crazy overreaction um, that, like, get the third star. It's the only way you can win.
0: Yeah, I think it's a reaction of someone who really doesn't believe in this core and what they did this year, or the players who stepped up, whether it's Grant, whether it's Smart, whether it's some of those guys lower on the roster, if you think they're gonna take a step back, it would probably make some sense to consolidate or Rob's health for that matter. It would make sense to consolidate some of those things and get a star. But, but as you wanna talk yeah. about yeah, you don't wanna be in a situation like the Lakers win where if one of those guys are hurt, your season's over or uh, Lord forbid brad reveals health goes down the tube or his game continues to decline you only like get Beal if I mean, you're gonna he trade really struggled. you only get Beal really if you're gonna trade jalen and i'm not saying to directly do that. directly or indirectly because adding him could lead to brown's departure down the line if he doesn't yeah. feel like a big enough part of this equation here uh, now there's some benefits to possibly getting him too. Like is Tatum more comfortable as a second option? Uh, would Beal's presence here, even intangibly, make Tatum feel better about being here long term, or more comfortable about just playing his game and not having to carry all the weight of being the face of the team, or you know, making all the right plays or doing everything. Rec- hundred percent to a T and dealing with the criticism of it. I think there are some tangible benefits to and intangible benefits to making Beal the centerpiece of this team. I just think it comes at such a huge cost, not only salary wise, but what you lose, especially Rob, like Rob, I look at as a deal breaker there. I think even with his health concerns, he's too good to pass up for it's, a guy like Beal.
1: It is funny the Rob conversation is so interesting because, and these people who think you're going to get him for White, Tice, and Grant, forget no. about it. No, the, the 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 Rob conversation is so interesting now because last year, before when you're talking about including him, you're t- still talking about including potential. You know, you've got tangible evidence now for over a year and a half that Rob Williams on the floor makes them immeasurably better on offense and defense. In even in the finals, plus thirty in such a provable, you know, it's it's you see it with your eyes and you see it with the numbers, the numbers hit the on off numbers with Rob are off the freaking charts. And I, you know, I I don't love selling out on stuff like that all the time, but his value might be even greater, even greater than we're willing to acknowledge. And I, he, when you talk about leveling up, there, there is a world in which he stays the same kind of goofy, dopey guy that doesn't fully get it. Sometimes he has these lapses, and he'll never really get his full potential, and maybe he never gets fully in shape. Maybe he's not uh, going well, to be a guy who will take his body finals. seriously, or maybe he's a guy who's just not going to get in the lab and get in the gym and work on uh, a turnaround jump shot or a baseline jumper. But if he does any of those things – I don't even want to think about where he could go at at, on one leg out of shape with almost no polish to his game. He was still a difference. And he never bowed out.
0: Yeah, yeah, he never bowed out, even going through what he went through. He kept pushing. He never missed a game after that Game 3 in Miami. It felt like he really took Image challenge to heart this year. I thought he, more than anyone, had the most important finals performance on the Celtics. I and mean, maybe that's not a high bar because everyone struggled. But it went almost overlooked how great he was in that series, how much of a game-breaker he was. And potentially uh, being a guy who could flip that series if he was himself. And now, you would hate to go through these next two, three years and have each year, the final assessment be off. Oh, Rob was healthy. They would have been in position, but when you have him and he's made the improvements imagine if there you've was, invested in him, yeah. I don't know how you can throw it away. Now.
1: Imagine if you had a, uh, someone like this, like someone, you know, who was looking for Rob, you know?
0: And that's why the third layer I talk about with Tatum and Brown's improvement, I'm always going to go there. You, you can't involve Rob for the whole game. I mean, that's half your job there. Is
1: they forget about him. Eme, so Eme probably yeah. draws draws one or two up to start the game. And that's why Rob starts – how many games has Rob started with four or six points in the first, like, yeah. three, four possessions and then never touches the
0: ball again? I couldn't believe how little they used him in the playoffs as a playmaker. And part of that's on him getting more aggressive and demanding that role. I think he's played conciliatory toward the others and – letting them do that but he has a great ability there were a few assists to tatum in the finals that you looked at and said wow he's still capable of that or even even at this uh, health yeah. level he's at right now i'm thrilled about rob's future you know i was a skeptic in the past he blew me away this year unbelievable and if he didn't get hurt he would have been my defensive player of the year yeah.
1: and on a team that's dying for easy buckets my God, you know, like, this guy shoots 80% from the floor for his career. Like, this is the easiest bucket Bart you hit have on the floor. his free throws,
0: too, in the playoffs. Yeah. He got so much better this year.
1: Yeah.
0: I um, mean, I go from a guy who was kind of funky and out of position defensively to legitimately a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Unreal.
1: little stronger on the boards. I'd like to see him get stronger in general. Um, and I want to see him really get his body right. I do think he was hampered by coming in out of shape. Um, and so he needs to really... You want to see a metamorphosis from him. He may challenge
0: Uh, him in his exit interview.
1: Yeah,
0: you know I think he was really the only one he mentioned by name. What did he say specifically there? Got got to get stronger and you know get healthier. Yep. You know. Yeah. It's a it's
1: a it's a conditioning thing with Rob. He's just not. Again, people are like they took that comment at the beginning of the year when he's like, "I got a bang against Greg Monroe and whatever," and it was no, it was you 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 got a little chubby um and he did he was out of shape he's horribly out of shape he couldn't jump he just looked terrible to start the year <laughs> last thing i want to talk
0: about oh go ahead but, no you go ahead i was gonna say we one guy we didn't mention al real quick you feel good about him next year
1: I mean, you wonder whether there's a world in which Al will take some sort of restructure uh, or something, you know, to uh, finish out his career
0: here. It's tough because um, he's at 19.5 now, right? I thought about, the, uh, you got so used to saying 14.5, but they made the finals and now it's 19.5. So there's not even much wiggle room the restructure. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: Now it's 19.5 to 26, but you wonder, I don't know if there's something that can happen there, but um, I think Al comes back and you can count on, you just got to find a way to reduce his minutes a little, and we talked about it a little with the double big thing i think playing one playing only one of those guys on the floor at a time just helps preserve each of them and it also um you know just gives you a more dynamic lineup so i do think you need to get away from that double big starting lineup and find a way to stagger their minutes one thing we wanted to mention just in passing um again just because the ripple effects that this could potentially have uh in the east and i know people are you know the schadenfreude here is off the charts and people are just you know doing victory laps over the the dismantling of the Nets. But Shams with a report today that uh, Irving and the Nets are at an impasse. He could seek to opt out um, or more likely opt in. But, you know, you know, look for one of those uh, sign and trade situations, which I think would have to happen uh, to get anywhere uh, he would want to go. Lakers, Knicks. I mean, if he goes running back to LeBron, my goodness, uh, that would just be perfect.
0: I mean, he's got no shame, (laughs) despite all the comments he's made in the past. Now, with Brooklyn included about staying and being there with Durant, now it looks like he's making a little bit of a leverage play here to, what, get his full salary, to get the year security, or I don't know what. It definitely is a leverage play, and I could see him doing it. I feel like the Nets, I've said this since that series, where he just looked unhinged and uninvolved. and. I thought just the whole experience with him this year was not what they want to roll with going forward into the future. Even Kevin Durant at this point should start to have some questions about where this is going with Kyrie as a player. I'd let him go. i take what you can get. And if it leads to Durant's departure, oh, well, it just didn't work. But you already lost Harden from it. You're going to double down and go through this experience again. No, not to you mention have... the durability. I've, I've said ever since the series, John, they got to let him go. Does, what upside is there? You may have to point? decide
1: to process this thing. You may have to say, I'm going to trade Kyrie, but I want, instead of, you know, I want expiring salaries and I want a shit ton of draft picks. And then I'm going to look to trade Durant to the best, you know, to the, to the, I'm going to look to get my hardened deal off of Durant and start over it. You, you you failed, you know,
0: it's tough to trade Durant though. I don't know what you get for him that makes it worth it. They're in a tough spot. I mean, even with this Lakers deal, the, i i was kicking around some stuff in the machine earlier i think the what one are you gonna put westbrook
1: most... and rant together i mean what are we talking no, about No, you here? can't
0: do that so you're gonna have to reroute russ somewhere the one team that's been talked about throughout with russ that didn't make sense on its own was the pacers just because of how much salary they're trying to move uh, but does turner and brogdon get you anywhere if you're the nets like that might be the best version of a deal of a return that gets you somewhere today you know not including picks and such and you might actually have to give picks to make that worth indiana's while i don't know where russ goes that's a problem in itself for the lakers and then on top of that trying to get value for kyrie the nets are probably screwed no matter what Kyrie, Uh, no matter what they do here kyrie and that's great news for the celtics certainly kyrie for white and what what would you do no you're done with (laughs) it.
1: There, I, I guarantee you the price starts dropping enough on that. And there'll be some Celtics fans who are like, but it might work, huh? What if we could make it work?
0: Again, John, I mean, the day they brought him <laughs> back, I said, here we go. Like if you thought this was just like a little two week thing and a mandate and like a thing in a vacuum, it wasn't. Like his availability was a problem throughout the three years there. His temperament massive issue throughout i think i
1: saw a stat it was 103 games played and 122 missed or something along those lines but you know that was his Nets tenure
0: yeah it's all part of the same experience even though they're three separate situations whether it was the first year injury the second year absences and hiatuses whatever you want to call them and the third year vaccine debacle it was all one string of dysfunction there and yeah they bring nash back and I think they're going to lose some useful role players. I, d- I never had love for that Brooklyn situation. And now certainly it looks like it's going off the rails. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, wanted to get that. It next should in be before. interesting though. Wanted to so get it in, it in your backyard you wrapped it. Yep. That'll be interesting. Um, and you know, it's always good theater, but I did want to mention that before we wrapped completely, uh, we went a little long, but again, we had a lot to talk about Brad Stevens talks tomorrow. So we're going to jump back on and do something after Brad and, you know, uh, dice up some of his comments, see if we can read anything into it. As we head into the off season, Bobby and I will also be back, um, on, uh, Thursday to do some draft related content. Again, the Celtics only have one pick there, but we'll be on standby. Should there be any unexpected moves or trades. And then we will analyze um, the Celtics selection at That's the end. Good. Of the we night. can
0: almost go live after the whole draft since picking yeah. at the end. We so we'll uh, just
1: wait here and wait. Yeah. Bingo. So we'll wait, but we'll be around. We might pop in when they go on the clock and then kind of react to that pick. And then we'll see what they say afterwards. So uh, we'll have content coming up the next couple nights as always um, content sponsored by uh, Com, number one, wellness app right now com.com slash garden receive 40% off a com premium subscription please go check it out and of course subscribe to our youtube channels uh still a ton of content even though um the finals are over because the offseason bang is here vegas summer league is next so we have
0: no i want to say this i'm yeah. gonna put some names out there by draft day i'm really scrambling now to put my knowledge together because i just wasn't paying the draft enough mind during that playoff run but Last year, if you look back on the names I threw out there last year, for a second rounder that wasn't in a great position, it was Kessler Edwards, Austin Reeves, Herb Jones, first-team all-rookie. They weren't in position to draft him, but it was a name I really liked. And Jawan Begarin, who they ended up picking. So my list wasn't too bad. I had a lot more time last year, though.
1: Yeah, a lot more time. But... One way or the other, Bobby's going to dig deep and he'll have, he'll pull some names out of a hat and see what the Celtics do there. And again, <laughs> you know. Uh, trades are always possible. Um, seems unlikely that Celtics would trade into the first round, but naturally, if they did somehow make a move to acquire a first round pick, um, uh, we will be there. We'll jump on the air immediately and uh talk about it and talk about the trade, talk about who they pick, um, and uh and break it all down for you. So again, uh make sure to check out you know all of our stuff. As we said, subscribe to the YouTube channels, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow Celtics CLNS on Twitter. Um, When you subscribe to YouTube, hit that little bell. You get the notifications when we go live, uh, which is still quite often, as we said, tomorrow and then again on Thursday. uh, And then we'll be doing stuff again throughout the offseason, as we said, Vegas Summer League and uh, and a lot of other stuff. And my goodness, training camp just kind of rolls up on you fast, Bobby, and we're going to be back at at this really soon.
0: What, September? October-ish?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: A yeah. little bit of time there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there quick. Um, and not a lot of time for these guys to make their offseason improvements. That's the thing. You're talking about all the things these guys need to do.
0: Um, they got they also Again, need I, a break. I, yeah. Everybody just breathe a little bit. I get I let everybody blow off their steam last week just because I know it sucked and it really went off the rails there in game six. So I get people are upset, but you're in a pretty good position now. Just look at look at the nets. The Nets thought they were golden a year ago, and now it looks like their whole run's about to end here. You have a run here that could give you a few years to contend. You don't want to get complacent. Everybody internally has to improve here, but I think you're in a pretty good spot as a team. You need a little bit of help, not a ton. But this defense, this core, these two stars, this coach, I love it all. I think, uh, again, my final thought is I think –
1: you're as good as the players you have on the team right now. And that could be very good. That could be about the same. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the team is the team we saw in the second half, the first half, somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's the thing. Um, So yes, you want to see improvements, but the most improvements are going to make is within the players. So it really comes down to, Can Tatum level up? Can Brown level up? Can Rob level up? Can Marcus keep it together? Does Al have another year? I still think there are questions, so I don't know. Um, I'm open to anything, and we'll see what happens. But as we said, we're just getting started on the offseason. As we said, live show tomorrow and then live coverage of the draft on Thursday. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks a lot, guys.